What's up, everybody? Today, I'm so excited. We have a very special guest on the podcast, Mr. Kababi Bayak. Kababi is an amazing artist, a father, a husband, an entrepreneur, a muralist, and our neighbor right here across the street from Open Studio. His amazing studio is right there, so he's an inspiration visually for the neighborhood. He's the soul of the fine arts, the visual artistic community of St. Louis, and I think you're really going to enjoy our conversation uh, we talk about improvising as an artist, visually, and in music. Uh, we talk about his dedication, his artistic fortitude uh, coming out of his project, 365 Days with Dad, where he created an original piece of art every day for 365 days. And so I think you're going to get a lot out of this, a lot of tips on how you can further advance your commitment to the artistic vision that you're looking for. So let's get right into our conversation with Kababi Bayak. What's going on, Kababi? Thank you so much for being here. No, thanks for having me. Um, it's, uh, it's really a pleasure and an honor to have a great artist in the house and also in the neighborhood. Uh, one of the joys of us being here in the Grand Center neighborhood is getting to interface with other artists, to, to draw on the inspiration. I walk by and see you doing your thing and just having your energy in the neighborhood is really an amazing thing. And um, you know, I know that over the years you've had a lot of uh, cross-pollinization with music. You're, a, you know, a visual artist, a painter, a muralist, and many yeah. other things, but you've collaborated with different musicians. I don't want to drop any names, but Prince comes to mind, and we'll right. probably talk about that. Uh, but I'd love to hear your take, you know, kind of being fresh in the neighborhood, but being really a, you know, kind of like the soul of the artistic community the visual artistic, the fine arts community of St. Louis at this point for your long association here. Uh, your art is all over the city. It's in our schools. It's in our neighborhood. It's in your studio. It's in people's homes around. It's on our building here. It's, it's on it's our building. Everywhere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We so parked. Right. And um, <laughs> just like, how does that feel at, at this point, mid-career, as we all are? <laughs> yeah, I like the mid-career part. The soul part was heavy. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's been 27 years 27 years, yeah, since I've been back here doing this. And yeah, I just feel like getting in the flow of it now. Um, it's really cool to be over here. I remember when Chris asked me, um, or let me know that they would have a space and asked if I'd be interested. Um, just the thought of being over here by the Fox. Mm -hmm. by, and then I found out y'all were over here and, you know, the Jazz Center right up the street. Yeah, I don't think I fully engulf myself in the neighborhood yet like, mm. and more and more artists are showing up out of the blue of people that are over on locusts like so the idea of eventually this all tying together and what that could become i mean the sky's the limit so i look forward to seeing just how this all develops yeah yeah it's amazing man you're so prolific i'm wondering where does that where did that come from like did you start out just like making a bunch of stuff Always, or has this slowly snowballed into just like you have this ability to make make more and more and more? We talk about it with music all the time that you kind of get good at making stuff and you can kind of make better stuff and more stuff and better stuff. It's a gift and a curse. Yeah, because <laughs> I literally had to stop myself painting. I like painted up to the minute I thought I could to come <laughs> over here because I get inspired and I just want to go back in the studio. No matter if I owe anybody anything or whatever, or get a new idea. I want to try it, yeah. and then I just run with on the tangent and then. 
wife who manages me has to pull me back. Like, <laughs> uh, we got ten million things over here that need to be done, and I'm j- I just fly off passion. Yeah. And I yeah, I've just it's just come from like you know practicing. Mm-hmm. I look at it all as practicing. So the more I do it, the more I can do things. And when a mural something shows up, I can get in, knock it out without compromising quality, and then I can go back to the studio and just keep working. So it's all come from just. I just have a passion for creating, yeah. you know, seeing the finished product. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, one of the things that you're um, known for, um, I mean, you're a lot of things. You're an entrepreneur. You're, you're an artist. You're a teacher. Um, but I think a lot of folks know about you from your 365 Days with Dad project, which was like, that was like 10 years ago 2012, now? yeah. 2000, I mean, it feels like it was yesterday. I mean, it yeah. really does. Yeah. But... Um, you, I think you came to a lot of folks' attention, certainly in St. Louis, but beyond with that project and your use of social media in showing it. Um, but what I'm really interested about in that is the impetus that you had, as you said, you know, you're a creator, but how did you make the decision to say, okay, I'm going to create something every day? Like, it's one thing to feel like you have something creative in you, but to make that commitment to, like, I'm going to actually produce something into the world like where did that come from? well and i wonder if we can give people a brief yeah. backstory of what that is if you want to tell them what that project was and we can link to it as well yeah yeah so 365 days of dad um yeah i literally just thought how can i make m- money every day it was that simple like my art wasn't really generating income like i wanted to so i was like how can i use facebook to just put something up every day and have people buy it and how could I make that where, I mean, like it would literally happen. And of course, before coming up with 365 Days of Dad, and it would have been so much easier to do, with have music as a theme. Because mm. then, I mean, I could have just done that forever, like mu- just musical images. But I think if I did that, it wouldn't have set me up for the career to follow. But I literally had the thought, I didn't think all the pros and cons out. I was just like, <laughs> This is a good idea. I have a size. I have a price. Let's just jump in. And, yeah, it was extremely hard. So much good art gets made by not weighing out the pros oh, and cons. Man. i tell you what. But right. it was the best education I ever gave myself mm. because I had to do it. Because people pre-bought dates in advance, like, l- almost immediately. Like, within days, weeks, as it started getting attention, people wanted to pre-pay for days. So people pre-pay. would pre-pay for a day, and then you would? They pre-pay for a specific date. Yeah. Yeah. And then what happens? Um, then they would send me a photo, uh-huh. and I would just lo- have it logged in, ready, so when I got to the day, that's the one I would work on. And that's your day. So, yeah, which is great, you know, but I think two months in, e- if, even if I got two months in, I started getting a day behind. Yeah. And then a day turned into seven. Yeah. Next thing you know, I was a month, two months, three months behind. Yeah. Right. And it wound up, yeah, it wound up taking um uh, I got 787 tat- tattooed on my leg. Like, that's how many days it took. Oh, and gosh. so, yeah, like, really early on, somebody bought the last one. So I'm like, and she was really cool because I was like, I have no idea when I'm going to get to that. You know, mm-hmm. so, but I kept doing it. Oh, so it. she bought, like, 365. She yeah, bought, she, want, she was yeah. like, I want uh, number 365. I want that's smart. Yeah. Right. That's a smart so, collector. So, I mean, yeah. yeah, so it was just like, and she didn't give me a photo. It was just whatever I wanted to do. But you, mm. you said that that, like, set you up for what your career has become. I'm wondering if just, like, because we talk about this, if you want to get good at something, just do it every day, right? Just like Literally. commit Seriously. to doing it right. every day. I mean, this is how this podcast got right. started. We're about to hit number 
1,000 in almost four years that we've been doing this. Yeah. And it's because Peter walked into the studio one day and he's like, we're starting a daily podcast. We're going we're gonna to do a podcast <laughs> every day. We're going to get good at it. And we're just going to keep going at it. And that's what has happened. You know, that really? might have been a little bit of a back of my head from 365 days. I think you, you, it was because that was always, yeah. I mean, there was other like, but you know, a lot of folks will be like, well, I'm going to do something for 30 days or, I'm, or, you know, like people will say, I'm going to do something for the whole week, but they only do Monday through Friday. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, only yeah. I'm, I'm like, you're going to do business days. Art doesn't <laughs> work on business days, you know. But I also think, too, super smart, and this can really <laughs> apply to our musicians. It's mostly musicians who are listening mm. to this and watching this. But, like, you know, the idea of, okay, I mean, every musician understands I got to I got to make money with this somehow. Yeah. Finding finding a way, where where's my audience at? Where, where are the people? And how can I get my art to them so that they're going to pay for it? Like, that's yeah. that's the smart idea behind that project that's so good yeah. so we should all steal that is what I'm but yeah i mean literally like that's kind of how it is and, and as far as setting up so yeah now i can do faces easily my s style i didn't know whatever it was going to be is ingrained in me now because i was painting so fast yeah and you know like anything like like me as a artist like i look back at the project and just technically I can't stand half of them. Like, mm. yeah. but Those were for what the, for what it represented, it was great. But uh, you know, just me and how I know I can paint. I looked at some of them like, oh my god, like. But just doing it every day, like, mm -hmm. yeah, it, it just brought so much to me. Like, and it just set me up. People looked at me differently. Yeah. yeah. And so now people are calling me for different things. And now you're, you know, activist. Now you're thinking about serious projects. Can you come speak? And it led to ten years later murals and. Good night racism book like these things. People are literally saying, "We want you to do what we saw in three six five days a day." Like That's ten amazing. years later, like and it's just like, yeah. And now, in my mind, I've creatively moved on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because now I'm trying to do more abstract and this that and the other, but folks are like, "Nope." Right. Really back. <laughs> you, so yeah. Give me that of, <laughs> Yeah. So it's this challenge of what I what I want to do creatively versus, you know, back to what I got to do to make some ends, make money, take mm -hmm. care of family. Yeah. And you know, you said. You know, you look back on some of those, and, and you can't really look at them. But that's the part of the growth process for a lot of people. You know, how do you write a good song? You write a hundred terrible songs. And that's right. how you write a good song. Then yeah, so more I wrote about three hundred of them. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. <laughs> no, that, <laughs> that was some quality. I was following every day, and I was like, I remember I kind of told Kelly, I was like, you know, I mean, I'm a dad. I'm not the great, but you should. <laughs> and she's like, oh, I already talked to Kababi. He's really behind, and he's got a bunch of people. But he said maybe if he has time. Yeah. So I didn't, you know. Um, although later on, we I, I, uh, full disclosure, I have an amazing uh, one of the one of the most things I cherish most in my home is a painting that you did of my mm -hmm. family. Um, I'm not gonna say I cherish it more than the actual family, but it's like right <laughs> there. And especially since the kids are nice. gone now, it's it, I mean, the impact that's had you know when you have the intersection of family and fine art, it's a very rare thing that people have that kind of a privilege. And so yeah. every day when I see that in my living room, it's like, it's a blessing for sure. So thank mm -hmm. you for that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I was thinking about, you know, there's another angle, uh, two, two angles I wanted to talk to you about, your kind of reaction to, and I know you moved on from three to 65 days, but something that you mentioned, how it ended up taking. But to you, go right back to Well, that. yeah. No, because this is such a great lesson for all of us in the arts. And I always think about like, painters my grandmother was a painter and like it was a big influence on my family it was an abstract artist you know at a time when like women weren't even really supposed to be doing that and right. you know in North Carolina the whole thing but so it's always been close to my heart but also I feel like musicians and, and jazz music in particular and improvisation there's such an intersection for so many years and so much cross-pollinization and, and 
inspiration, you know, even more sometimes I think than dance and different things, but it's all kind of related. But you mentioned, you know, how you tattooed the actual number of days it took you to do the 365. And I think that's such a, a wonderful example of artistic fortitude. It's like, you didn't say, well, you know, that, you know, I, I miss these, so I'm just going to move on or whatever. You finished the thing, and you also didn't get frustrated to the point of not finishing by saying, well, I didn't make it when I said it was the 365. You saw that through. And I think as artists, a lot of times, especially you know, musicians coming up playing the piano where it's like you get into it and you're excited, but then you realize how hard it is. And say so you're going to write a song There's every 12 day. 12 keys I got to 12 do keys and everything. It's very easy to be like, oh, I fell off of my goals or whatever. Yeah. But I wonder if you could just speak in general in your career, because you also said that like, that set you up for your style. I think a lot of your fans, myself included, saw you as a fully formed, brilliant artist already at that time. But you maybe saw yourself differently. You know, because I just daily don't even think about that. Like, I just get up and draw and paint. Like, I don't see what other people see, not even to this day. Like, mm -hmm. it's very weird. Mm. That people know you when you're walking around, or they or they own something of yours, or they've been following you since they were in high school. Like that kind of stuff is strange. Like because mm. I daily only think about right now. Mm. I wake up and I think about this day. I right. think about the real stuff. Like I don't know when anybody's gonna email. I don't. I don't have a set salary. Like my brain is there. It's not on all the other stuff. Um, but going back to the project, like and again, like you're telling your students, like even though I can't look at it creatively, if I think about how much I literally charged people and for what they got, you know, they were like even painted, painted sketches. Like there's something good in all of them, even if I don't like the whole finished product. Mm -hmm. I definitely got something out of each piece. Mm. And, but I still legitimately can still at this point start stuff and lose interest and just don't finish. Like mm -hmm. I have a lot of those. There was something different about that. Like I think that was just out of my control. Like it was just something that I had. I think the blessing was that she bought the last one. So everybody in the middle, mm. like there wasn't even an option not to do it because I had commitments. Right. Yeah. And I was literally getting emails from people. Some people were pissed off that I was behind. Like f some people said I was ruining birthdays. And <laughs> no, literally their wives were like, right. what the hell? And I was like, I was like, just tell, tell your spouse that they're a part of the project and I got behind. And right. almost every time they would do that and they're like, oh, yeah, he's cool. Like, and I was right. like, of course he is. Like, right. It's right. always the gift giver who's harassing you. But right. the this person receiving Amazon. the gift is like, oh, I'm willing to wait. Yeah, like, I'm yeah. Good. Like, yeah, this is an Amazon with guaranteed delivery. Right. <laughs> but no, I just, um, yeah, those things help. Yeah, practicing every day is just crucial. Like, mm. But every day is not great. Even now, some days... Art just doesn't work out, but I woke up at three in the morning last night and started drawing. And what things I couldn't work out were like, boom, they just happened. Like, I mean, the failures and the, the good days and bad days just come with it, right? Mm -hmm. they just, so true, absolutely. Because yeah. y'all know the keys, but sometimes, sometimes they don't, don't hit them us. all. They don't we, know us. We don't, we don't <laughs> hit them all the time. Yeah. It's just saying, uh, you just don't know. You just yeah. you just keep failing upwards, right? That's what they absolutely. say. Absolutely. Keep failing, keep failing, and then your ratio gets a little bit better. Never gets a hundred percent. Just right. keep coming back at it. Like you said, it's the important thing is the everyday thing, man. It's just like you just you want to yeah. get good, keep coming back every day. Absolutely. And we're usually hard on ourselves about the things that we... 100%. Because other people can't see no. the oopses, right. you know. And we learn it just as professionals because in school, number one question, every child, no matter the age, you know, what do you do when you mess up? Right. And they just tell them, you know, I'm messing up in front of you right now. You don't even know it because I'm not reacting. Yeah. Like you just learn how to pivot faster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the, the hiccups come, but that's the more you practice when something happens. You're like, oh, I've seen that before. 
before right pattern recognition. <laughs> and we talk about it. We, you were before we came on air. You were talking about the that Christian McBride session that we've done here for Open Studio. Yep. One of the most defining moments for me watching that session was he did this two minute thing where he's walking a blues and he's talking about what he's doing and talking yep. about bass technique. And towards the end, and he's walking a B flat blues. Christian McBride. He's done this probably every day since he was you know eleven, <laughs> and he's just walking a B flat blues and he hits the wrong note, and he just goes whoops. And he keeps going. And so <laughs> right. at the session, I was like, oh, we're going to probably do that one again, right? And I remember you were like, are you good? And he's like, I'm cool, man. Let's keep going. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, that little whoop stays with me to this day of like, this is the best bass player in the world playing the easiest thing that he could play. He made a little thing. He said, whoops. He smiled. He moved on. Like, we, like I think the thing is, is like, you want the artist to, like, if you feel safe with their art, if, they, right. if they're projecting that, that mm. hey, everything's going to be fine. Because yeah. we watch y'all on stage. We don't know why y'all are smiling at each other. Yeah. Y'all could be smiling because, like, I, I saw what you just did. Yeah, exactly. sometimes they don't. <laughs> yeah. To right. us, it's like, they're having a great time up there. Like, we, we don't even catch it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But keeping it moving goes a long way towards audiences of, of all art, you know. And Absolutely. I think it's part of our job, you know. Yeah. Um, okay, so there was a couple things sort of related to music. Well, first of all, let's get the Prince thing. So Rainbow Children, you did the, the album cover art for Prince's album. Um, and I w always thought I mean, it's a brilliant cover. We're, we'll have a link to it below. And folks have probably, a lot of folks have seen it and didn't realize it was you or what the connection was. But I think it's such an interesting record because that, I mean, I've been a Prince fan for so long. I especially like um, some of his lesser known work like that. And that's kind of, I mean, he's always had a lot of jazz influence on, you know, for kind of insider baseball stuff that we hear. But to me, that's always been the record that has the most obvious like jazz influences mm -hmm. where he was really putting them out there. I'm, I wonder, is, was that anything that they communicated or he did to you or anything? Or do you have any kind of insider, insider insight on that? See, I already painted the painting. He just bought it. Okay. You know, so I didn't, luckily I didn't do anything for him. Okay. Right? So he bought the painting and then they contacted saying he wanted to use it for the album cover coming up. Okay. And it just happened to be, you know, it, yeah, looking back now, like, yeah, that's a perfect cover. You right, know? right. So he but, must have seen that or somebody yeah. that he had, right? Art yeah. Director or something. I, I'm going to say every piece that he bought, because he had eight pieces, and I think almost every single one of them had a music theme to him. Mm. Um, besides, yeah, I mean, he had a character of himself, but I really never really thought about it. But, yeah, they were all music-related pieces. Mm. Um, but that one just worked out best. But, no, never... Um, no, I, I didn't talk to him till later on in just one brief conversation, but before that, it was just a matter of just purchasing and then wanting to use it, bought rights. That's the gist of our our relationship. Wow. And do you know, did your work stay with his family? or do you know Yeah, the, the original is still on, like when people tour to Paisley Park. Okay. Like it's the last room. Cause he has his famous white piano right there. Yeah. And then the painting is right behind the piano. So oh, wow. when you come out, and I went on the tour like five times before COVID happened. And, yeah, just to come around the corner and boom. And it was named after my ex-wife. So her name is like Rain Keys yeah. Quintet is like right on the piano. Right. So to see her name in his in Minnesota on her piano on that painting was like bonkers. I'm so sure, man. <laughs> she's never seen it in person, but yeah, I went a few times with another friend and it was just it's crazy. When well, you did the tour where you tell everybody, um, y'all check that out. If you have any questions. By the time I got there they knew who I was, but okay. before that, people on the tour would know of me and, and tell the tour guy because they just <laughs> wouldn't even mention 
But they mentioned that that was the cover, but yeah. folks would be like, I'm from St. Louis, that's blah, blah, blah. So oh, wow. eventually they started like literally asking. So whenever I was on, before we got to the room, they would ask me like, are you cool uh, talking to people? And like anything, they always think there's gonna be a bunch of questions, but you get up there, you know, <laughs> kind of like a dork and folks are like, do you have questions? And everybody's like, no. And then you're all uncomfortable, <laughs> yeah. like, damn, you don't, yeah, I mean, I'm here. <laughs> like, I know the cover is cool, like move on. You know, like, <laughs> Right. Oh, that's yeah. great. Um, so another thing I want to ask you about is your, your concept and on improvisation as an artist. I know one, one time we got a chance uh, where you, you did a painting of me. What a horrible subject. Sorry, that was a low point for your <laughs> career that you had to cover me. But at a live performance at the Sheldon right around the corner where I was playing solo piano and... Um, you were painting during the concert. We did it together. And for me, it was such a inspiring thing to, because you were in my kind of line of sight, but of course I couldn't see what you yeah, were painting. You didn't painting. know I was painting, yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. I could see like, you know, it was like the back of the canvas. But have you done much of that? And is there like a, a concept that you have in terms of, of like, you have a time limit where you can't put it to the side where it sort of needs to be done at a certain point? And how do you approach that differently as an artist? Um... That's kind of how what led to me doing three sixty five days a day because I knew I could paint live, you know, because I've been doing wall ball or painting at an event, and mm -hmm. I was like, okay, if I can do this in three four hours. I've done it, so why can't mm -hmm. I do it every day? So that kind of led to my uh, my thinking okay. that this wasn't going to be any big deal. Okay, um, I definitely improv a lot more now, and again, it just comes with constant practice. But often I'll go in with an idea at an event because I think Javier Mendoza, I did something for him. Mm -hmm. Also, I painted a live piece while he was performing uh, at the Zach, or when they were using it more as a concert room right there over yeah. around the corner. Um, and I've done it a few other places, but there have been times, yeah, I'd go in thinking I wanted to do one thing, mm -hmm. and then when I get there, I'm totally uninterested in that design. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But now there's a pressure, like, okay, I feel like I'm performing, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Again, some. nobody knows what the finished product's gonna look like. So and the I, one you did for Keon. That was sick. Was that live? Yeah, and I did that in one day. I mean, see, it's just like, I had no idea what the end product was going to look like, but you just go in there and you just start. Yeah. And again, that muscle memory, like, I know colors that work together. I know the shade, dark to light. Like, from working fast, I just know so what cool. to do. I mean, like, having worked so much, like, in your studio by yourself, in a, how, how do you like having an audience kind of for you? Is that, are you aware of that? I am aware. Yeah, and I constantly act like I don't know anybody. There. <laughs> right. Even if they're talking about me, I just don't even turn around and acknowledge yeah. it. Right. But I love the idea of playing live and performing in front of people. Right. That first, my first gig was Six Flags, a caricature artist. So. Oh wow. It was a horrible experience, <laughs> but I think having done it and doing it in front of people yeah. made it easier for now that I'm doing what I do. Right. Even when it's not going well, I just maybe that's the memory going back to like they. You know, folks are going to criticize. They don't know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. They don't know what you're doing. You don't know what you're doing. So just keep on going and just fake it till you make it, you know. So right. it's just kind of. So, like, when you're doing the murals around St. Louis and beyond, are there, I'm sure people are kind of coming up and say, what are you doing here? What is that? Or can I? Or, like, you know, not people, a lot. Oh, really? In schools. In schools, right. But I purposely do it in school right. during And the you day. want that interaction, right? I do, because yeah. I want them to see it happening. Yeah. Um, and that's funny. I, I See, just, just as quick, I forgot, because I just did it. Cam was in town a couple weeks ago for the, uh, the, the annual. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I painted live. 
Nice. Well, I did start that one early. Okay. Because I was only going to be there for a couple of hours. So that one, I, but still, even then, I didn't really love it when I got there. Mm. And it's just like, you know, I mean, it's so crowded. And everybody's right on top of you telling right. you how great it looks. Yeah. And inside, I'm like, this is And then were you completed horrible. by the end of the performance? I mean, was it finished? Yeah, I don't think I worked on it anymore because wow. somebody bid on it. I think they got a great deal. So I was like, I'm not paying attention. Right, right, right. <laughs> but I liked the finished product. I right. legitimately liked it. But what about when you were doing. Um, the, I mean, so much great work of yours around the city. I mean, like you really, that, that what I was saying, you're like the soul of the city artistically because your imprint, your vision, like, like your visuals from your mind are around the city when we move around it. It's a really deep thing physically, you know, mm -hmm. to, to be around you even when you're not there. But the Greyhound bus station, that yes. is like, I think one of my favorite, just because of the scale of it, the location. I always thought that was a cool building. And I have some memories as a child too going there. And Me too. first of all, I was shocked that it was still there. Yep. I was like, I can't believe that. Well, it ain't the same, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's some different stuff happening on the inside. Oh yeah, I'm sure, <laughs> I'm, sure. <laughs> I'm sure. But was, yeah, well that's what I was wondering, like when you were doing that, was there, was it, I mean, I guess it was safe because you survived being around there, but did some, were people kind of hovering around and stuff? So it's funny because I'll be high noon Thursday, and I'm going to show that because I've worked on those in my studio in Jefferson. Mm -hmm. And the panels, there are four of them per each of those paintings, and they're like four by eight foot. Mm. And I had to work on them sideways. So, that, you know, so I literally had the image sideways and I was spray painted that way. I hoping that when they went up in the window, they were going to look right. So yeah. I did everything off site. Okay. And then we installed it in two days. Okay. You know, me and another me and another cat. We just got up on the scaffold and just me and Ben. He used to have a, studio, a gallery on Jeff Cherokee, but yeah, he he was geeked about helping me um, go over there and install. So we did that, but <sighs> that still was performing because it was still we're putting these things putting, up yeah. and there's an audience and yeah, you know people like, were watching it. What's, yeah, <laughs> what's it gonna look like? Like because we changed that landscape. Like you yeah. know, it's still really rough over there, but you know, yeah. the, at least the windows are up and you know nobody's messed with them and. But it was uh, really cool to work on, but luckily yeah. that was not on site at all. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I think it's, it's even more, um, you know, dramatic and, and sort of persuasive when you're, in an, when you're in an area where there is some decay or just there's not a lot of humanity around, or at least that you can see when there's, when there's art springing forth. It's even, I mean, like here, this neighborhood's great because things are, you know, there's things happening all around yeah. and it's expected. Like, that's our responsibility. That's what we're here. But going into these different areas, it's like if you hear music in some bleak spot coming out, it's like, wow, there's humans here. Right. There's humanity. And it's a it's a really inspiring thing. So yeah, I'd you. love to go down Broadway. Like, yeah. that area would be like a gold mine. Oh, yeah. mm. To me, that's probably, that's like what Wynwood in Miami is like, no, nah, nobody, nobody wants to be down on Broadway. Like, right. It's super, sketch, it's super sketch down there. Yeah, <laughs> right, but, exactly. but some of the biggest walls we got mm -hmm. in the city and mm -hmm. the buildings aren't doing that. And like, that would be, yeah. yeah. There's some, there's definitely some dope areas around the city. Yeah, yeah. I mm -hmm. hope to be able to touch one day. Well, thank you for, for what you've done to, to bring them to life and just to, for everything you're doing for this neighborhood, for the whole city. And, you know, proud to have you as a friend and a neighbor and an artistic partner in all the things that we're doing. So, absolutely. And thanks for the conversation. Yeah, man. This That's is Kababi Bayak. We have links to everything that you do. Where's the best place for people to find you online? Inst I know you have a great Instagram. Mm -hmm. And I've been hearing about your TikTok, but I'm not really on TikTok. Yeah, I got to get back on it. I haven't danced in a while. Well, I was <laughs> like, yeah, because somebody told me, they're like, have you seen Kababi on TikTok? I was like, man, I know Kababi. They're like, no, no, no. You need to see his TikTok. I was like. Again, I'm by myself. Man. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I thought, I was like, wait, is he putting some art or showing something that he's not? They're like, no, no, he's dancing on there. So. 
You, yeah. can, you can check them out there. When the knees are acting oh, right. right, 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 right. <laughs> so. All right, well, thank you, Kalabi. Thank you, man. Great Appreciate to see you always. it. Likewise, man. Right. Right. <laughs> That's good. That's how we do it. Steamboat Springs, Colorado. I'm in Indianapolis. Hey, how's it going, guys? Andrew, hi. Because I feel inspired to play something else from your play. Okay, okay, that's great. <laughs> I think using the metronome is a great tool, but it's not the only tool. All of the answers are really in the music. What does it mean to live in a groove, be in a groove? Until next time, happy practicing.